Welcome to Inspire Church's podcast. We're excited you're listening. Our hope is to inspire you to grow in God's Word, to grow more in love with Christ, and to go be a light wherever you are. To find more teachings or donate to the ministry, visit us at inspirechurches.com. It is so good to be back. Come on, can, let's get excited. Just pretend like you're excited, even if you're not. <laughs> it is so good. Yes, it is so good to be home. It is so good to be home. The hotel is where our home is, and uh, it is good to be back at the Crown Plaza. I love seeing all of your beautiful faces. Well, today, uh, it is Mother's Day, but if you know me at Inspire, I preach on the craziest stuff on Mother's Day. And so we are going to talk about some deep, heavy stuff on Mama's Day. So forgive me, I am not going to hold back today, but I hope that the Lord would minister to you as some of you, well, most of you, if you've been following us online like the last year, but literally the last couple of months, we've been in a series through the book of Daniel, and we are on the last leg of Daniel. We have three chapters left, chapter 10, chapter 11, and chapter 12, and so we are going to, uh, we're going to finish chapter 10 together today. So we are on the last leg, and I just want to tell you by way of kind of introduction, chapters 10 through 12, are they're one unit. They fit together. And these chapters basically tell the story of Daniel's last vision. This is the final vision that Daniel is going to receive from God, and it's going to take three chapters for this vision to unfold. And this vision essentially is going to be about a great conflict. So I'm entitling, literally we're doing a series within a series. It's kind of a mini-series next three weeks. So make sure you register and come back and stick with us as we finish this story. But I'm entitling these next three weeks, A Great Conflict. Happy Mother's Day. Okay. We're going to war on Mother's Day. I'm entitling A Great Conflict. And I'm going to just give you how I'm going to break this down for those of you that maybe take notes or at home or watching. In the next three weeks, we'll break it down like this. Number uh, today, chapter 11 is going to be about an invisible conflict. Chapter 11 next week will be about a visible conflict. And then finally, the final week, chapter 12, we'll talk about the strength to endure. How many of you know we need endurance in these times with these conflicts that we're facing? The invisible conflict, warfare between angels and demons, happy Mother's Day. Uh, the visible conflict, warfare between, between kings and kingdoms. And finally, the strength to stand, as Daniel will say, the people who know their God will stand firm. Now, I'm going to start off by giving you a quote concerning uh, these final three chapters. Pastor Alistair Begg quoted the ESV study Bible by saying this. Here we go. The closing section of Daniel reminds us that the conflicts on earth reflect the conflicts in heaven. The conflicts on earth represent the, uh, reflect the conflicts in heaven. And these conflicts will continue until the end of time when God will ultimately and uh, will eventually and ultimately triumph overall. Praise God. And so if you have your Bibles, will you turn with me or your Bible apps to Daniel chapter 10? And as you know, we've been reading the chapters and so I am going to read to you 21 verses, and we're going to put it up for you on this one fabulous screen that we have ready for you today, Daniel chapter 10, and I'm going to read 1 through 21. Do me a favor. They say the average attention span is like eight seconds, so um, you probably might go in and out while I'm reading this, but if you read along, it'll help you. Uh, but here we go. We are going to get into this last section of Daniel, and today is entitled The Invisible Conflict. 
Chapter 10, verse 1 reads like this. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar. And the word was true, and it was a great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. Verse 2, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies. That means he had no desserts. I ate no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for all three weeks. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the Tigris River, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like burl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words sound like the multitudes. Verse 7, and I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words. And as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. And then he said to me, fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. Verse 13. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia, and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision is for days yet to come. Verse 15. When he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face towards the ground and was mute. And behold, one in the likeness of the children of man touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. And I said to him who stood before me, O oh my Lord, by reason of the vision pains, by reason of the vision, pains have come upon me and I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant Talk with my Lord, for now no strength remains in me. No breath is left in me. Verse 18, and one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. I love that. Can I just read that again? O man greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. And as he spoke to me, I strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Then he said, do you know why I've come to you? But now I will return here to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. We're going to stop there. And then next week, we'll progress and actually get to the message. But today, I've entitled this message, The Invisible Conflict 
angels and demons. Let's pray. Jesus, we need your help. We cannot fight battles in our own strength. And you have won the war. And so we lean on your victory and fight from victory. And I pray that your word wouldn't come back void. I pray that it would bless everyone here today, including the mamas on this special day. We are so thankful and so grateful for them. Heavenly Father, we love you. We glorify you. and We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I am going to walk through the verses with you today, and so let's get into this story. In verses 1 through 3, the story is set in history during what Daniel said is the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia. He sets this in a historical context. I had this vision during the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia. Now, let me tell you why it's important that he notes where in history this is taking place. You see, two years prior to this vision, Cyrus had made a decree. Come on, here's what we've been waiting for. Allowing for some of the exiles to finally return back to Jerusalem after being in uh, captivity. Babylonian captivity for 70 years. So two years prior to this, Cyrus made a decree. It's in history. And the first exiles went back to Jerusalem. Are you with me? Now, when they arrived to Jerusalem, guess what? They were met with fierce opposition, heavy opposition. And as a result, it stalled the rebuilding of the city. So we find Daniel here in this text mourning the fact that the enemies of Jerusalem have successfully impeded their progress to rebuild the city. The enemies of Jerusalem have frustrated the returnees in their dream to rebuild the city. Now I want you to note Daniel's activity Daniel in this text was not fasting. He was denying himself privileges and pleasures. Let me say that again. We find Daniel in this text not fasting because he was eating and drinking, but he was denying himself pleasures and privileges. The scripture says he ate no meat. Now, do we have any vegans in here? Maybe we do some vegetarians. Daniel ate no meat. He had no dessert. Hmm. Man, some of us need to be denying a little bit more, amen? Come on. You gained that COVID-19, right? Like during the lockdown, you gained that 19 pounds. There there was no meat. Uh, He drank no wine. He had no dessert. And the, the scripture says he didn't even anoint himself. That means he didn't even put lotion on. Now, my wife loves her lotions, and she butters. We call him buttering up my son every morning. He's just full of lotion. He just comes walking out just like full of lotion, right? But, but I wanted to tell you why anointing yourself was so important. They lived in the hot heat, the Middle East. And so for three weeks to not anoint yourself was to actually be in misery as your skin would crack and dry. Are you with me? No wine, no dessert, not even lotion for three weeks. Though Daniel, listen, though Daniel was not there in Jerusalem, Daniel, ready, was identifying with the misery of the returned exiles. Do y'all hear me? Let's get a little louder here, amen? Y'all hear me? Come on, come on, you can talk back to me. It's been a while since I've seen your face. Daniel was identifying with the misery of the returned exiles, although he wasn't there. Now, I believe that Daniel was modeling for us intercessory prayer. 
Daniel was modeling what it looks like to pray and intercede. This wasn't just a casual prayer, amen? This, it was, this wasn't just an obligatory prayer. Like, have you ever asked someone to pray for you? And they said, sure. And you in your head thought, you're not going to really pray. Or maybe someone has asked you to pray. You say, yeah. Or maybe online, like, we're praying for you, but you don't really pray. Daniel wasn't just throwing up an obligatory prayer. It wasn't just a two-second prayer. It wasn't a casual prayer. This was a deep dive into the misery of those he was carrying in prayer. And it got me to think, I wonder how much our Christian communities would radically shift if we knew how to truly intercede for people. I wonder how much things would radically shift if we knew how to intercede for people. If we truly knew how to identify with and pray for communities in pain. At the very least, we wouldn't be as cold or as critical or as dismissive to the grief of others. I'm so tired of Christians being critical, cold, and dismissive of the grief of others. It hurts my soul to see us misrepresent Christ. Even if we don't think the others are correct, even if we think they're sinners, we still can, hurt, we still can humble ourselves, hurt with them, cry with them. But sometimes we like to kick them while they're down, forgetting that you were lost too one time. And it wasn't a Christian kicking you. It was a Christian loving you and praying for you that got you here. At the very least, we wouldn't be as cold or as critical or as dismissive to the grief of others as I unfortunately have seen too many Christians demonstrate, especially this year. I got a little bit of time. At most, we'd probably see more breakthroughs. Come on. At most, more answered prayers. Come on. If we intercede like Daniel, if we identify with the communities that are in hurt at most, we see breakthroughs at most, maybe more answered prayer, and more people coming out of sin and coming to Christ. Sure, we might say a brief prayer every now and then, but do we really identify with those that we're praying with. Maybe it's because we like our delicacies. We like our privileges and our pleasures too much to pray. Christ is our intercessor, and he gave it all to identify with us. He left heaven, came to earth, and he put on flesh and walked among us. He was rejected, despised, abandoned, crucified, and tortured. Why? He interceded on our behalf. He entered into our space and identified with us. We might like more than, we might like to pray a little bit more than what we've been praying. I think it's important for us to really take on this intercessory strategy, but I think it's too difficult because I, I even think about myself, I just wrestle with all of the distractions. Amen? Like, I wonder how much victory I would have if I developed rhythms of identifying and praying like this regularly. In fact, don't you think that maybe it would be great to adopt into your life regular patterns of turning off the TV, removing digital distraction, 
and refusing the delicacies of our day. And some of us do that, but we do it to lose weight. But what about interceding? Now, I have to stand with you in this because as I'm reading this, I'm getting convicted how difficult it is to turn off the TV, turn off the computer, turn off the cell phone, turn off the distractions, and not for an hour. Daniel did this for three weeks. Are y'all with me? Happy Mother's Day. Watch this. Are you ready? Daniel understood that there was much more to this conflict than could be seen with the naked eye. So he combated visible opposition with the invisible power of intercessory prayer. He combated visible opposition with the invisible powers of intercessory prayer. And I want to shout out all the mamas and grandmamas and great-grandmamas and the great-great-grandmothers in the house. I'm going to shout all the praying mamas in the house, all the interceding mamas in the house. Son or daughter, you might have came to church today, but you're not serving the Lord. But you got a mama on their knees praying. You don't know you could have died. You don't know you could have, something could have happened to you. Matter of fact, there were a couple of times when you thought you would lose your life, but somebody, a mama, was on her knees, identifying, fasting, praying, interceding. Young mamas, take note. Sometimes we have to pray and fast and intercede and deny to see breakthrough. Shout out to the mamas who know how to pray. Now watch, Daniel tuned out so that he can tune in. Y'all see that? He tuned out so that he can tune in. I believe that because he, de- he denied pleasures and privileges, he positioned himself to see what God wanted him to see. Verses four through nine tell us that while standing on the bank of the Tigris River, Daniel sees a supernatural reality. But we're told, did you notice that his other companions didn't see? You recognize that? Daniel sees a supernatural reality but we're told that his companions did not see. I mean, how could they have missed it? Belt of gold, body like burl, face like lightning, eyes like flaming torches, arms and legs like gleaming bronze and a voice that sounded like game seven of the NBA finals. Daniel sees, but his companions do not. Daniel hears, but his companions do not. Daniel sees, but his companions do not. Daniel hears, but his companions do not. This is a spectacular reminder that like the Transformers, who's a Transformers fan? There's more than meets the eye. Y'all remember that? Transformers, more than meets the eye. Okay. I've seen a couple of head bobs. That was worth it. This is a spectacular reminder that like transformers in this world, there is more than meets the eye. You see, just because you can't see it, just because you can't hear it, doesn't mean that this, there isn't an unseen realm with unseen realities taking place all around us, even right now in this room. Have you ever walked into a circumstance and you could feel the weightiness in the air? Come on. Have you ever stepped into a home and everything may look all right, but there was just something heavy in your spirit? 
Everything may have looked normal, but if you felt you felt a heavy burden, possibly you became afraid. Listen, I'm not advocating that we all become ghost hunters. I'm simply pointing out the fact that there is more going on than we know. It is far bigger and far greater than we think, and that beyond the natural exist invisible conflicts beyond our understanding that must first be engaged in intercessory prayer. No wonder why Daniel in this text is left trembling and without strength. For just a moment, God, ready? For just a moment, God removed the veil between the heavens and the earth and gave him a glimpse. Now watch this. Overwhelmed. This overwhelmed Daniel so much that he fell to the floor. He face planted, unconscious, onto the ground. Think about it. Daniel hasn't even got the prophetic message yet. <laughs> He's just overwhelmed by the sight. He hasn't even received the word. Verses 10 through 20, the supernatural being, the angelic messenger, touches Daniel. And he begins to explain briefly an invisible conflict. This messenger revealed to Daniel. Are you ready? He said, Daniel, the moment you humbled yourself to pray on day one, the moment you thought about praying, the moment you begin to think about, I'm going to give up delicacies and you're going to humble. The moment you got down on your knees and you humbled yourself to pray on day one, God determined to send the answer to you. Y'all see that? God answered Daniel immediately, the angel says. The moment you began to pray on day one, God determined to send his word. And then the angel says, I have come to reveal to you, are you ready, what will happen to your people in the last days? That's next week. But here's my focus. The reason the angel says that I was delayed, right? God sent the word on day one, but I didn't get here until day 21. The reason why I was delayed, are you ready? was because of the warfare over the word. Now, I want to caution us for a moment. We can become too obsessive over the spiritual world. You know that? Some of you right now are really into this. Like, tell me about the demons, bro. We can become way too obsessive about the demonic. I mean, I've heard people develop all of these theologies and go all over the place. Where the scripture is silent, we should be careful to be silent. We shouldn't be obsessive of this, but I'm going to tell you this, but we can't be ignorant neither because there are also people in this room that think that you're the only one, that there's not an invisible realm, that there's not things going on in the heavenlies unseen. There's not warfare on the word trying to keep you from breakthrough, trying to keep God back from establishing his kingdom. Are y'all with me? So I'm going to take the rest of our time together, and we're going to land soon by making two observations regarding this invisible conflict. Two. Number one, ready? There's warfare over the word. And number two, there's breakthrough in prayer. Man. 
Now, I know over the years we've developed the quiet church. That's just part of our culture. But I, I promise you, if we were a jumping church, that would have just got you jumping. I get it. You're jumping in your spirit, though. I get it. I know our culture. But I think I'll some, one day I'll Roger, I brought Pastor Roger in here. He's probably waiting for people to jump and stab. And we're all there just taking notes. And that's all right. But I'm going to tell you what, man, this should make you jump. If not extra, it's okay. You don't have to. Maybe you're not like that. But internally, listen, there is warfare of the word, but there is breakthrough in prayer. Yeah. There is warfare over the word. There is breakthrough in prayer. And let me talk about warfare over the word for a second. The angelic messenger reveals a conflict between himself. I don't know if you guys noticed this. And someone he identifies as the prince of the kingdom of Persia. He identifies a conflict. He says, look, it took me 21 days to get here because I had opposition with somebody by the name of the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now, I want to take four simple notes here in regards to who is this mysterious person, the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Number one, what do we know? He was supernatural. You say, well, the text doesn't say that, Pastor Phil. Well, let me tell you how the text implies that. How else could you explain the prince of the kingdom of Persia's ability to withstand this angelic being? You see, he was not human. He was supernatural. Number two, he was evil. What do I mean by that? This supernatural antagonizer opposed God's messenger and God's word. So he was supernatural and he was evil. And number three, he was powerful. Unable to defeat him by himself. God's angelic messenger had to summon someone by the name of Michael who if you look at the uh, Revelation chapter 11, Michael is the captain of the armies. He's the protector over Israel. And if you look at Revelation, Michael goes to war with the armies of heaven against Satan. So this angelic messenger, who is possibly the same one with the flaming eyes, and some people say that might be Jesus, some say that might be the messenger, that big angelic being was being withheld by someone by the name of the prince of the kingdom of Persia, so much so he could not break through, so he had to call for backup. He had to call his homeboy, Michael, who came down, and as a result, they were able to break through. Are you guys with me? I know this is a little different. Listen, the prince of the kingdom of Persia was supernatural. He was evil. He was powerful. And then there's something else. He was territorial. He was territorial. What do I mean by that? Did you recognize his title? He's the prince of what? The kingdom of Persia. That's really weird to me. And it would seem to suggest some kind of territorial authority tasked with opposing God's word in that particular kingdom and region. So make a great movie. And he was making warfare over the word. You ready? Number two, breakthrough in prayer. I want to focus on two observations in this area of prayer. Number one, God's purpose for Daniel in this prayer, and number two, the power of Daniel's prayer. Y'all ready? Number one, thank you, Gerald. I love you. God's purpose for prayer. Notice that the 21 day delay was not due to God's silence. 
Somebody needs to hear that. Notice that the 21 day was not due to God's silence. God was not quiet. God was not silent. God was not unwilling to answer. God set the word the moment Daniel humbled himself to pray. Notice that the 21 day delay was not due to God's silence. God is not silent. He's not giving you the silent treatment. He's not avoiding you, turning your back on you. I'm going to tell you something. Christ died and we are in Christ and God has turned not his turned his back, but he showed his face was Christ in heaven interceding our behalf. Listen, notice that Daniel prayed on day one and God responded on day one. Notice that the delay was not the result of God's silence, but the delay, are you ready, was the result of an invisible conflict, a spiritual warfare. Now, I need you to understand something. The kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness are not equally matched. Can we just, can we get that right now? Like, it's not like devil, you know, Satan and God are fighting and it's like a real close match. You know what I mean? And like, man, God's barely eking it by. Like, we're barely going to win at the end. You guys know that, right? Like, it's not like, oh, you know, the yin and the yang, like these opposite opposing forces that are like equally as strong and we're in the middle of this conflict. I want you to know that the devil and demons and darkness and the demonic are on God's leash. So the question becomes, why the warfare, Pastor Phil? Please hear this out. If you didn't come to hear anything else, hear this out. The question is, well, then why the warfare, right? If God is more powerful, then why the warfare, Pastor Phil? Why the struggle? Why the tension? Why the delay? Are you ready? Are you ready? Because in God's providence, God has sovereignly determined to partner with his people through intercessory prayer. <laughs> In God's providence, he has sovereignly determined to partner with his people in the earth through intercessory prayer. Listen, as kingdom ambassadors, he calls us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God has determined not to intervene, but through the prayers of his people. Let's get the keyboard up here. Come on, as I was preparing, I even had to put a funny post on Facebook, but as I prayed, I felt the Lord just all over this, and I felt like this is going to be for people both in the 9 and 11 a.m. I really feel like this is God for you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Imagine if Daniel would have stopped praying on day one. Come on. Come on. I got to get down. Well, I can't get down. I'm on TV. Imagine, imagine if people would have, Daniel would have stopped praying on day five. Imagine if Daniel would have quit praying on day seven. Imagine if he would have quit praying on day 12, day 15. Imagine if he would have quit praying on day 20. Can you imagine? God, I'm not seeing anything happening day one. God, I don't see it. I don't feel it on day five. God, it's day 15, and they're still where they're at. They're still where they, they're still in that pit, in that hole. God, I can't break three. God, uh, day 21 is coming, though. Day 20, God, I don't see nothing. Day 21, God answers prayer. God, I'm not seeing anything. God, where are you? God, I can't hear you. God, I can't feel you. Do you hear me? Come on. 
All you praying mamas, praying over your sons and your daughters. Imagine if Daniel would have threw in the towel, day 15. Imagine if he would have threw the towel, day 16. Imagine if he would have threw the towel at day 20. Come on, day 20, day 20, the day right before the breakthrough. What if he would have stopped the day right before the breakthrough? I love this. God sent his word on day one, but there was an invisible conflict in the supernatural realm. And God ordained the answer to come. Are you ready? By persistent intercessory prayer of his people. Hmm. He ordained his answer to come by the persistent intercessory prayer of his people. Wow. What a scary responsibility that we have. Mamas, dads over your home, what a scary responsibility to have. Come on. Inspire Church over Union City and the Bay Area. What a scary responsibility to have. What if the external realities were the result of our prayer life? Wow. What a scary thought. God sent his word on day one, but there was invisible conflict. Somebody needs to hear this today. Don't stop praying. Somebody needs to hear this today. Maybe it's time you go home and you shut all the privileges and pleasures down because God is calling you to warfare for your family. But you just needed this word today to free you up to join, to, to jump in. Maybe you've been dealing with some invisible warfare. Maybe God's saying, hey, I want you to pull back from the TV a little bit and no condemnation, but hear me out. Maybe God, today is the day that God said, hey, it's time. I'm calling in. Some of you may, some of you, you got to fill it in your heart. Like, I don't want you to, you know, you got to fill it. If the Lord is telling you while I'm saying this, it's connecting with you. If it's not, not a problem. But I, I specifically came to talk to a few people. There is warfare going on and God is calling you to wage war in prayer. Don't stop praying because there's power in prayer. Come on. Come on. Listen. Interesting happens. I got five minutes left. This is an interesting thing that happened. Amid the string of gun violence in America, sexual assault, the Me Too, Me Too movement, all the racial injustice going on, hitting the streets, whether by protests or riots, however you feel about it. God's calling the church pray and I I want to say this and I want to be careful I want to be sensitive but I've seen protesters throughout the years even before this summer just throughout the different things that are going on me too me what but even during the uh, gun violence in America you probably have heard this remember there's a thing that going around that said we don't want your thoughts and prayers do you remember that Right? I've seen protesters with signs declaring, we don't want your thoughts and prayers. In fact, I was reading one headline that said, God isn't fixing this, while another headline said, nobody cares about your prayers. Now, I want to be clear. I understand the sentiment, okay? There is a sentiment behind that. You know what the sentiment is? People are tired of you on social media saying, I'll pray for you, but you're not praying. 
Like I get the sentiment behind it. There's a frustration that you that you know some politicians maybe or whatnot. This is what burst from that. It was because some politicians might say thoughts and prayers, but they're not necessarily doing anything to change. Are you with me? I know the sentiment. I appreciate the sentiment. I love the sentiment, but words have power. I'm here to remind you today about the power of prayer. I'm here to remind you about the power of intercessory prayer. And I'm here today to remind you that there still are many sincere followers of Christ who are interceding, who are praying, who are denying and abstaining from privileges and pleasures. There are still men and women of God in the earth today, ambassadors willing to deny the pleasures of this world, to be on their knees and pray. And there are other Christians that like to post memes, but there are still some that get on their knees and pray. Even if you're jaded with the Christian community right now, look, not what you see online is everybody. Some of you need to get off that. Some of you did a little bit. You, in fact, some of you removed yourself from it. I had to remove myself from it. There's a tendency to think that that's everybody. I want you to know that there are men and women of God in the earth today that are praying. There's still churches that believe in prayer. They're denying, they're abstaining, they're fasting, they're mourning, they're identifying, they are praying. And they're praying, your kingdom come, your will be done. Not my will, not someone else's will, not my political desires, not my, my, uh, my protesting desires, not whatever, wherever you are, there's people all over the map. Not my will, but your will be done. And so I will take action. But remember, when it comes to intercessory prayer, words are better than action. Ooh. I'm not saying don't take action because God propels us into action. But I do want to say this. When it comes to intercessory prayer, before you see victory in the visible, there's got to be warfare in the invisible. Are y'all with me? Prayer moves the heart of heaven. Prayer mobilizes the word. Prayer dispatches angels and pushes back demonic strongholds. Evangelist and theologian John Wesley said, God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. Hmm. Again, while I sincerely understand the sentiment, let me be clear. Nothing is as powerful to turn situations around as a man or a woman who is first ready to fast, abstain, pray, and seek the Lord in persistent intercessory prayer. In this case, for just a brief moment, actions are not better than words. God hears and responds to humble words crying out to the Lord. For his will to be done. And I'm closing right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 through 5 says this. The Apostle Paul writes, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have what? Divine power.
power to destroy strongholds. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says, for we do not wrestle against, come on, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities and the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may withstand the enemy in the evil day. And having done all, stand. And having done all, stand. Mama, pray. It's time. Dad, pray. Husband, it's time. Pray. Come on, wife, pray. Son or daughter, praying for your mom or dad, pray. It's time. Pray. You don't like what's going on in the political realm? Pray. You don't like what's going on in this world? Pray. You don't like what's going on outside of your four walls? Pray. You don't like what's going on in the Bay Area? Pray. You don't like it? Pray. 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 I know it's Mother's Day. This is our first day back. I'm really good at like making people not want to come back anymore sometimes. Like, could you preach something a little bit more encouraging? Or I guess it's encouraging, but most of you know what you see is what you get. But I want to say this, and we're going to sing and dismiss. There are people in this room, male and female, mothers, fathers, sons, and daughters, that while I was preaching this message, you just felt the Lord saying, like, I'm speaking to you. It's time to wage war. Not this kind of war with your mouth or this kind of war with your hands, but the weapons of our warfare, they're not what? They're not carnal. They're not of the flesh, but they are mighty. Pray. Pray. Thank you for joining us for this week's Inspire Churches podcast. Don't forget to share or subscribe to join us every Sunday. You can keep up with Inspire Churches through Instagram at Inspire Churches or on Facebook at facebook.com slash inspirechurches. To support the ministry, you can click on the link in the description or visit us at inspirechurches.com for more information.